morning to the book of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Now, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can raise your hand real high and our ushers will be happy to loan you one of ours. Now, the scriptures will be on the screens, but there's just something about having a Bible and opening the Bible. It's a blessing. Men gave their lives to uh, get these books into our hands and I think it's just an honorable thing when we have a Bible and we open it and, uh, and read out of it. Now in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, so if you need a Bible, raise your hand real high, our ushers will get you one. And uh, then just leave it on the seat if you would, so that when we leave, so that, uh, so that you can, uh, we can use them again next, uh, next Sunday. Now have you found the book of Ecclesiastes? Have you found that? Any pages stuck together there or? How many, how many has read the book of Ecclesiastes lately? Okay, three, my gosh. You're reading out of Ecclesiastes. Well, that's pretty good. Chapter 12, verse 14. Interesting message here today that the Lord wanted me to share. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every, every what? Hidden thing or secret thing, whether good or evil, whether good or evil, secrets. I want to talk to you today about secrets, secrets. And the Bible says that God will bring all of our secrets into judgment, whether there's whether it be good or evil. There's good secrets, and then there's some not so good secrets. Does anybody have any secrets here today? <laughs> Anybody have any good secrets? Anybody have some bad secrets? I probably have one that I wouldn't want you to find out about. But I, I actually do Elvis impersonations. <laughs> I do them at home. And only my wife would know, and that's a secret. So, Thank you. Thank you very much. But, but there are secrets. I think all of us have, have secrets. There's things in all of our lives that we probably wouldn't want anybody else to find out about. Sometimes, most of, the, most of those are not so good. But there's good secrets and then there's not so good secrets. And we're just talking today about secrets. And uh, one thing we need to realize, and the scripture will bear it out, that all of our secrets, whether they're good or not so good, will eventually come to the light will eventually be revealed. Notice Romans 2.16. Romans 2.16. Now I'm going to use the New Living Translation on a couple of these. And of course, uh, these will be on the screen. Uh, I think that Bible we passed out is the New King James. But uh, New Living Translation, the Bibles that we use, that, that we loan out are New King James. But this is in the New Living Translation. Notice Romans 2.16. And this, notice what the Bible says, and this is the message I proclaim, that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's, what? Secret life. It says the, the day is coming. Now, it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, it might, might not be next week or next month or even next year. But eventually that day is going to come when God is going to judge 
everyone's secret life. And like I said, there's good secrets and there's not so good secrets. But the one thing for sure is, is that if there's anything that we have in our life that's secret, we want to be sure that, that we deal with it. If it's not a good thing, we deal with it because eventually the Lord's going to pass judgment on it. Now notice 1 Timothy 5.24. 1 Timothy 5.24, again in the New Living Translation. 1 Timothy 5.24, remember, the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment, but there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. In the same way, the good deeds of some people are obvious, and the good deeds done in secret will someday come to light. And again, typically when, when this subject is covered, tend to talk about, oh, the, the dark, the bad, the, you know. And, and people, even Christians, certainly Christians, have some dark things in their lives and some things that they wouldn't want to come to the light. Now we've read that eventually our secret lives are going to be judged and they will come to the light, but a lot of times the good secrets are overlooked. The good secrets are overlooked. So before I talk about some of the negative things, let's, let's talk about some good secrets. Because notice in verse 25 here, it says, In the same way, the good deeds of some people are obvious, and the, the good deeds done in secret will someday come to light. Notice Matthew 6, verse 1. Now this is in the New King James Version. Matthew 6, verse 1. Notice this. Matthew 6, verse 1. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, Jesus speaking here, and he says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Uh, I've been in a few services over the years. I typically don't like to be in services uh, like this, uh, but where uh, the minister will start receiving offerings, special offerings from the crowd, and somebody will bring up... Uh, you know, a check or something, and the minister will read, so-and-so gave $50,000. And, and, and my wife and I, whenever that stuff starts, we get up and leave. I don't want to be a part of that. And uh, people start clapping. You know, so-and-so gave 50000 or so-and-so gave 10000 so-and-so gave whatever. Well, when the whole crowd claps for that person, guess what? That's their reward. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to give $50,000 and all I get out of it is a hand clap from a crowd that they're not going to remember me five seconds after I gave it. Is that right? How many of you think it would be a better deal to give that in secret where nobody knew except the Lord? Think that would be a better deal? Huh? Now, notice, let's read on here and we'll see that. 
verse 3, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now that's pretty secret, isn't it? It's so secret that the left hand doesn't even know what the right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be in, in what? In what? In, in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you how? Openly. Well, I tell you what. That's the kind of uh, secrets I want to have. That's the kind of secrets we should all have are these good secrets where we're doing things with, with the Lord and spending time with Him in secret. You know, the Bible says that there's the secret place of the Most High. And, and, and I like getting in that secret place. And, and we can all get in that secret place where nobody ever knows we're even there except the Lord. And we spend time with Him. And then He directs us to, to maybe help somebody with finances, you know, or help another church or help, help another ministry or help another person or pay somebody's electric bill. And, and we just do it. And we, may, we, we even do it anonymously. Just, just do it. Uh, because we don't want reward from man. We want reward from God. And we just do that secretly. And then we do things in secret and God rewards us. How? He rewards us openly. I'll guarantee it to you one thing. If you see God just blessing somebody's socks off, I almost guarantee it to you without exception that that person has a secret life. And it's a good secret life. And they've been spending a lot of time with the Lord secretly in private. They haven't been telling other people about the time that they've been spending with the Lord. I remember one particular minister years ago, he used to get up almost every service and he'd say, well, I clocked, you know, 18 hours in prayer yesterday. Or I clocked, eight, I, I clocked you know, 36 hours in prayer over the last two days. Well, when he said that to the congregation, he just got his reward, didn't he? I don't think we ought to, I mean, we, I'm... We spend time with the Lord. It's secret. It's in the secret place. We don't need to tell people how much time we've been spending with the Lord. But we spend time with the Lord in secret. Nobody else even knows we're doing it. And then, and then the Lord will reward us openly. And I want to say it again, that if you see God just blessing somebody's socks off, I'll guarantee it to you almost without exception that that person has a secret life. They have a, a, a life where they spend time in the secret place of the Most High. They seek the Lord. They help people. And, and they don't let their right hand know what their left hand is doing. And then God just blesses them because they've done things in secret and God is now rewarding them again how openly you see one thing that I found in in studying the scripture is that we're supposed to have a as Christians we're supposed to have a secret life with God we're not supposed to have a secret life from God did you know that there's a lot of Christians that try to have a secret life from God see we're supposed to have a secret life with him not from him I wonder how many people in here today, you have a secret life with God. You spend time with Him that nobody else even knows you're spending. You're helping people behind the scenes and nobody else even knows you're doing it. But, but God knows and He sees in secret. And then eventually, see eventually, it may not be today, tomorrow, the next day or next week, next month, next year. But eventually, He's going to bring what you've been doing in private, the good stuff you've been doing. He's going to bring that to light. And he'll reward you openly. And, that, and that's something that I'm excited about. So let's all endeavor to have a secret life with God, not a secret life from God. 
Now, one thing that I've also learned, and it's pretty obvious, you really can't have a secret life from God anyway, can you? Because doesn't the Bible say that everything is open before Him? Doesn't God know everything? And I think we deceive ourselves when we think that we can live secret lives and do things, bad things in secret and think that God's not watching and that He doesn't know. I think that's the ultimate deception. When we think we can do bad things, as Christians now, we can do bad things and live what's called a, a double life. You know, we're one way in church and we're one way where pe when people see us, but then we're a different way behind the scenes. And we think that we can do that and, and, and God doesn't know about it. The Bible is clear. The Bible says, there's a verse that says that everything we do is open before Him. Did, did you hear me? Can you say amen to that? Now, what happens a lot of times is that, and we've talked about some good things. Let's talk about some things that, that I wish we didn't have to mention. But one thing about this ministry that I just want to let you know that if you attend here, I try to teach not only the positive things from Scripture, but, you know, everything in Scripture isn't always going to make you feel good. Did you hear me? So you don't want to go to a church where all they're doing is telling you all the good stuff. Can, can you say amen to that? You, don't you want to hear a balance of the two? And a lot of times Christians will live this double life. They'll have a life that they live in church or a life that they live before their friends or before their, their you know, their Christian, their Christian buddies and pals, you know. But then when they get in secret, when they're in secret alone, they're a whole different person. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, I, you know... Uh, I can think of some extreme, uh, probably the most extreme case that I can think of is, remember uh, not long ago they, they caught a serial killer? Uh, he was a guy that he bound people up with tape or something or ropes and he killed people, you know, and this went on for years and then it stopped for many years and then eventually they caught him. And he was a well-respected person in the church that he was attending and had been for years. Now that's a secret. He had a secret, didn't he? That's a bad secret, isn't it? It eventually came to the light, didn't it? Now that's probably the most extreme case I can think. And I'm glad that, I think of, and I'm glad they caught him and, and, and they're bringing him to justice and all of that as, as well they should. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of other things that go on that, that in, 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 I'm not talking just, in, I'm talking in any church where you go in the land, you're going to have Christians that are living secret double lives. Did you hear me? And even preachers doing that. And so let's talk about some of these things here today. Notice in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5. New Living Translation again on this one. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5. says, don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time. Before the Lord returns. For he will bring... Our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. Notice this here, before the Lord returns. Don't, don't pass judgments before the Lord returns. Let him do the judging. Notice, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light. Wow. Wow. And will reveal our private 
or we could say our secret motives. One question, you know, I've asked over the years, just as I've taught, you know, over the last many, many years, why do you do what you do when you do it? You know, why do you serve in the church? Why do you serve on the worship team? Why do you serve in the ushers? Why do you serve in the children's church? We have a phenomenal children's church, by the way. Why do you serve, you know, where you serve? Why do you do what you do? Ask myself the question, why do I, why do, I do what I do when I do it? Why do I do these things? Why do you do what you do? Motives. And one day, all of our motives, the Lord is going to deal with our, our darkest secrets and our private motives. And again, I want to say a serious misconception that anyone could have is that secrets and secret lifestyles can be maintained indefinitely. I want to say that again. A serious misconception is that secrets and secret lifestyles, I'm talking about negative things now, can be maintained indefinitely. You know, I talked about that serial killer just a moment ago, but I said that was an extreme case. But less extreme would be when nobody's around, but maybe you're in a quiet place and maybe there's two or three of your friends. Are you talking bad about other people? Are you a gossip? Do you tell lies? Do you cheat? Do you steal? Do you do these things? You'd be surprised, but there's a lot of Christians that I've met over the last many, 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 many years. And, and, you know, what you see is not always what you get. And, and this was a lesson I learned as a young boy when I, I observed certain ministers. And you know there's a lot of good ministers. Say amen. But, but there are those that, you know, and there was this couple of them that I had watched as I grew up and I really admired. And, and then I got to meet them behind the scenes. And they were not behind the scenes like they were behind the pulpit. And it, 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 it did something to me. But I had to learn this. We have to separate God from man. Just because a man doesn't act right doesn't mean God's that way. Did you hear me? Just because we see a preacher stand behind a pulpit and say, I love you. And then behind the scenes he treats you like dirt. That's not how God is. Come on now. And a serious misconception is that secrets and secret lifestyles can be maintained indefinitely. See, that minister I'm talking about, he wasn't a serial killer, but, but behind the scenes he wasn't a nice guy. It was a double lifestyle. And I've met Christians like this too. I've even seen it over the years as we've, as we've pastored where, where I've come walking down the hall and I'm thinking about this one lady who used to attend here years and years ago. When I'd walk down the hall, hi pastor, hi pastor, hi And then I'd walk off and then somebody else would come down the hall and they'd treat that lady would treat that other person like dirt. Now you know that's a double, that's a double lifestyle, isn't it? How many of you know we ought to treat everybody equal? Amen. You ought to treat the parking lot attendant just like you treat me. Amen? Actually, I'd rather you treat them better than you treat me. Whenever I, I taught school, what I always did is I, I, I went in and I found out who the janitors were. And I, I tried to be nicer to the janitors than I was to the, to the principal or the superintendent. If you want to get God's attention, just start being nice to the janitors. 
Can you say amen? Be nice to the people who clean the toilets. Amen? But a serious misconception is that secrets and secret lifestyles can be maintained indefinitely. We must all be assured that secrets and secret lifestyles can only be covered up for a while, but they will eventually come to the light. Let me give you just a few Bible examples of this. Let's start off Adam and Eve. Have you ever heard of Adam and Eve? How many ever heard of Adam and Eve? Okay. Did you know we're all related to them? If we went back far enough, that's where we'd wind up. Is that right? Now, they, now, now they, they had fellowship with God, didn't they? And, and they sinned, didn't they? And they didn't run to God and say, Hey, Lord, we sinned, we messed up. Did they? What did they do? They, they tried to keep it a secret and they tried to hide it and cover it up. Is that right? But it didn't work, did it? And eventually it came to the light. Now that's Adam and Eve. Now we could turn over there and look up all that scripture, but you understand the story, most of you. Now here's another one, Moses. Have you ever heard of Moses? Exodus 2 verse 12. Exodus 2 verse 12. New Living Translation. It's on the screen up there. Exodus 2 verse 12. I, we passed out New King James versions and I'm looking everything up in the New Living Translation, but that's okay. It's on the screen. Exodus 2 12. You've heard of Moses. Now watch this. After looking in all directions, now this was Moses, he's about 40 years old at the time, he had grown up in Pharaoh's court, you, you understand that, and he got to, to a point where he was about 40 years old here at this point, and after looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and what? And hid the body in the sand. Well, he has a secret, doesn't he? You know, I wonder if any of us have ever, you know, we're going to do something, we know we shouldn't do it, but before we do it, what do we do? We look around to be sure that what? Nobody is watching. But you know, there's somebody's watching. Even if there isn't anybody watching, we know somebody's watching. His name is God. Is that right? But now Moses looked all around and he wanted to make sure that nobody was watching. And, uh, and then he thought nobody was watching. He thought the coast was clear. But then he kills the Egyptian, hides him in the sand. And look at, look at verse 13. The next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. He said, why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who had started the fight, the man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Uh-oh. Well, he looked around. He wanted to be sure the coast was clear. He wanted to make sure nobody was watching. He had a secret, he thought, but did somebody see it? Somebody knew. Then Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. Everyone knows what I did. Now, something I've learned over the many years is this. And really, the important thing is not that everyone knows what I did. It's God knows what I did. 
See, when, when, when something that is wrong has been uncovered and the first thought is, oh my gosh, everybody's going to know what I've done. See, you're not at a point where you're going to be able to repent. It's not until you get to the point where I don't care what, what, what everybody else thinks. It's I've sinned before God. And you want to get it right with Him. Now, don't misunderstand me. There is a, there is a truth in not want, you not wanting to know, you know, not wanting everybody to know that you've done some horrible thing. There is a truth there. Don't misunderstand me. But the main thing is, is not that, uh-oh, what's everybody else going to think? It's what's God going to think. Everyone knows what I did. And then verse 15, and sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened and he tried to kill Moses. Now let's stop right there. Pharaoh heard what had happened. I wonder how did Pharaoh hear? How did he hear? Those people, oh gossip, those people that, is that right? Did you know that I've learned one thing about people if I've learned nothing else? Most people can't keep a secret worth a hoot. I learned this long time ago. If you don't want anybody else to know, you better not tell anybody. I've just met, I have to be honest, I've just met just a couple of people over the many years, just a, I, could, I, I can barely count them on one hand, that if I tell them something, that I know it's not going to go any further. People don't do very good at keeping secrets. That's one reason the Lord doesn't say more to folk than what He does. A lot of time the Lord might want to share something with you to get you to pray for somebody. But if He knows you're going to go blab that all over the place, He's not going to tell you because you know God is not in the business of embarrassing people. I said God is not in the business of embarrassing people. That's not, he doesn't get any charge out of embarrassing you or me or anybody else. But these people saw Moses kill this guy. Moses thought nobody saw him. Some people did. And he, he hides the body in the sand. But these other guys saw him. And now everybody knows. Of course, uh, these people couldn't keep a secret. They went and told Pharaoh. And now let's read on here. Pharaoh heard what had happened and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled, fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well and so on and so forth. And he spent 40 years on the backside of the desert. You remember that? 40 years. I wonder if, if we could conclude from that that a, that a, a secret thing, a, a bad thing in our life that shouldn't be there, that we're trying to hide and keeping it secret, if that could cost us time with the Lord. Just think about all the things Moses could have done for God in those 40 years. But he's on the backside of the desert. Well, we could say much about that, but it's interesting he tried to cover something up and it didn't work. Have you ever heard of a man named Achan? Real loud, say Achan. Now, remember Moses eventually, he, he dies and Joshua takes over. And, and remember they go in and they, they defeat Jericho. That's a big city. Remember that? It's a big, mighty city. And the Israelites defeated Jericho. And God said, in that city of Jericho, all the goods, you can't take any of the goods, all those come into the treasury of the Lord. How many remembers that? Remember that? 
And as you study, God says, you know, that all the other cities that they're going to defeat, they can take the treasury for themselves. But in that first city, they can't have any of that. How many's ever heard of the tithe? Have you ever heard of the tithe? I say very little about it around here, but I believe in it. Amen? And I never try to convince anybody to do it. You can't convince people to do it. You just teach the Word of God and let the Holy Ghost deal with them. Amen? That's between you and the Lord. But, but remember there was a man named Achan. And remember what he did? He secretly went in and he took some of the goods from Jericho. Remember that? And he went and he hid them in his tent. Do you, do you remember that? He hid them. And then... In the process of time, Israel goes up against this little bitty city named Ai. Now they just defeated Jericho. Now they go up against Ai, this little bitty city, and the Israelites get defeated. Remember that? And so Joshua did what any good leader would do when, when there's a defeat. He went in and he began to seek the Lord as to why. And the Lord said that there, there's essentially there's sin in the camp. There's something in the camp that's not right. And that... And then the Lord had all of the families of Israel pass before Joshua. Remember that? And, and the Lord revealed that it was Achan. And so Joshua called Achan on it. And Achan said, yeah, 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 I, I did it. And they went back to Achan's, Achan's place there, you know. And they found what Achan tried to hide. See, what was done in secret was revealed openly. And the point of that is, is that, is that you see... You had one person in the midst of that whole camp that was doing something in secret and it cost the whole camp of Israel. Did you know that in a local church, if you have one person that is living like a double life or living and they have secrets, did you know that that one person, it can affect the whole thing. Did you know that? See, it's, all, it's important that all of us do the best we can to live openly before God and be be the people we're supposed to be, not only in public, but also in private. Amen? Again, I, the way people act in church doesn't interest me. It doesn't interest God, really. How you act in private is what interests God. Now, I'll guarantee you this. If you're acting right in private, you're going to act right in, in public in the house of God. Can you say amen? And then we could talk about Gehazi. Does anybody remember Gehazi? He was Elisha's servant. Remember that? And remember, Naaman had leprosy, and Naaman came to Elisha, and he thought Elisha was going to come out and wave his hand, and he didn't do that. He, Elisha sent his servant out, and he told Naaman to go dip in the river. How many times? Anybody remember? Seven times. Naaman, he was upset about that, but finally they talked him into it. He went, he dipped seven times. He came up, his skin was clean, the leprosy was gone. Amen. And so he goes back to Elisha's place, and he says, I'm going to give you an offering. Remember that? And Elisha says, no, it's not time to receive offerings. Just go your way. So, so uh, is that something when a preacher didn't receive an offering? Amen. So I'm not interested in your money. I'm interested in your soul. Amen. Nonetheless... Off goes Naaman, and then there's this guy, Gehazi, who was Elisha's servant. He goes after Naaman, and he says, essentially, he says, Hey, my master, Elisha, change his mind. Uh, give me, give me, give me, give me the goods. And then so uh, uh, Naaman gave Gehazi some of the goods, some, some, some money and whatnot. And then Gehazi goes back, and he hides it in his, in his room or whatever. And he thought he got away with it. But guess what? The Lord revealed it to Elisha. And he called Gehazi in and, 
and he caught Gehazi in a lie because Gehazi, because he said, Gehazi, where'd you go? And Gehazi said, I, I, I didn't go anywhere. And he said, well, my heart went with you. That's why it's important that you attend a church where the minister is hooked up with the Spirit of God and will stand in the pulpit and, 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 and teach things that just doesn't tickle your fancy all the time, but sometimes will step on your toes to be sure to help you, to encourage you to keep your life right. Can you say amen? And so Gehazi, he lied, but God revealed his secret to Elisha. And then remember, the leprosy of Naaman came on him. How many of you know it's a, it's a dangerous thing to live out a secret life too long? It can cost you. And then probably one of the most famous ones of all was David. Do you remember David? King David, the man after God's own heart? How many of you know he had a problem with pornography? How many of you know he did? Remember, he, uh, he was up on a rooftop and he walked over and he looked over. And does anybody know who he saw down there bathing herself? Bathsheba. Now that would have been a good time for him to take the mouse and, and click off that site. Is that right? I mean, realize, say, move the mouse. That moved the mouse. That'd be a good time to move the mouse. He didn't move the mouse. He clicked. You know what I mean? He clicked. And he committed adultery, didn't he? And he got the girl pregnant, didn't he? And then he set it up so her husband would be put on the front lines and killed. Is that right? And he did it in secret, didn't he? And he went right on. And he would have got away with it too, except there was somebody watching sits on the far sides of the north where the telescopes of the scientists can't probe. His name is God. He was watching, wasn't he? And he sent a prophet over named Nathan. And he told David a story. Remember that? And pointed out his sin, didn't he? And God told David, he said, the thing that you've done in private, in secret, now I'm going to reveal it openly. I believe God did that because David was a public figure. And I don't know all of God's reasons. That's, that's, he's, he's God, I'm not. God's not in the business of embarrassing people. Say Say amen. You say, well, now why God did that openly to David and revealed his sin before all Israel and put it in the Bible and we read about it today all these thousands of years later. Uh, I, one, one thing is, it's a great lesson to us all. It's a great motivation to us all not to do things in secret that we'd be ashamed of publicly. Amen? It's all going to come out eventually, isn't it? 
I said, isn't it? And God revealed it openly. Perhaps David is a public figure. and I, I don't know all of God's reasoning. God's not in the business of wanting to embarrass people, though. I know that when a person's secret life is revealed, and it was unsavory, we shouldn't rejoice that that person was caught. Now, I'm not talking about a serial killer now. I rejoice that he was caught. I'm talking about when somebody's been clicking things on the internet and they, they should have been watching or... Or a man's been cheating on his wife or a wife's been cheating on her husband or been getting drunk. How many of you know Christians ought to get drunk? How many of you know they shouldn't? I said, how many of you know they shouldn't? How many of you know they shouldn't? How, how many of you know Christians ought to be doing drugs in private? You know what I'm talking about? I don't mean taking prescription medication. I'm all for that. I'm talking about getting high on pot. Huh? How many of you know Christians ought to be cussing in private? Is that right? Huh? Or cheating or stealing. We could go on and on and on and on. But when that comes to the light, and it will. How many of you know a man ought to be rude to his wife? How many of you know a man ought to be, be polite to his wife in public and rude to her behind the scenes? Treat her like dirt behind the scenes. How many of you know a woman ought, ought, ought to love her husband in public and in private? You know what I'm talking about. And much we could say, but when that all comes to the light, we shouldn't rejoice in that, oh, so-and-so was caught, but rather we should be mournful and pray and try to see how we can restore. We shouldn't be looking at how we can kick people out, but we ought to be looking at ways we can restore people. I'll tell you something else. We shouldn't be spending our time trying to reveal people's secret sins. Now, if you know somebody has done something wrong and they've stolen or they've, you know, th then you have a responsibility to report something to the authorities. Say amen. Or if you know somebody's being abused sexually or somebody's doing something to a child that's not right, you need to report that immediately. But I'm talking about, I guess the best thing I can do is, is use this example of the 1980s. There were two ministries, very big ministries, and the one ministry spent a lot of time trying to reveal the secrets of this other ministry. And, uh, and he'd come on national television and call out this other minister and, and say there's things there that's not right. And do you know what happened? The one that was crying out against this other one, things were, God revealed some things in his own camp. Do you get what I'm talking about here? I'm talking about we shouldn't be in the, the, the motive of trying to find something out on somebody to embarrass them. Did you know that the news media works under a spirit of that? Did you hear what I just said? They, 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 they want to try to... Now, I'm, now if, you know, are you getting what I'm saying? If there's wrongdoing going on, I'm not saying we ought to cover it up. It needs to be brought to the light. But what I'm talking about is, is a motive of our heart is when wrongdoing is, is revealed, we shouldn't be rejoicing that 
So-and-so got caught, and boy, they should have got caught. I'm glad they got... We ought to be in our prayer closet weeping for them and praying. Can you say amen? I mean, if a minister messes up, I mean, sexually or something, he shouldn't be able to preach in the pulpit. He, he should have to sit down for a season of time. But I tell you what, if there's true repentance, the season can come and go where that man can be used again. How many of you know David? Did David mess up? Did he commit adultery? Was he accessory to murder? Yeah, but did, God, did he repent? Yeah, now he didn't have this attitude, oh, what is everybody going to think? He had this attitude, oh my, I've sinned against God and against him alone. God, forgive me. And you can read one of the Psalms where he weeps before God and he, he's in tears and he's weeping. And then God eventually used him again, didn't he? Now, he paid a great price for his sin. His family, it never was, his family life was never again like, it, like God wanted it to be, but yet God still used him. The point I'm trying to make is, is that when something comes out on someone that's unsavory, our heart's attitude should be, how can we move in there and restore that person and help that person, not how can we kick them out in the street? Come on, say amen, somebody. The Bible says, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one when they've fallen into sin. Amen. So if you attend this church and there's something that's not right in your life, we're not here to beat you up. We're here to build you up and help you. But I'm going to stand there and say, hey, get the thing right. You can't continue in that thing. It's time we all get real serious with ourselves and ask ourselves, is there something in our private life that shouldn't be there? Amen. Just a couple more things and I'll close. One from the New Testament. Does anybody remember Ananias and Sapphira? And they uh, sold a piece of ground, didn't they? And they, it was all theirs. They didn't have to bring any of it to the church, but they came to the church service and whatnot, and, and they laid it at the Apostle Peter's feet, and they essentially said, here's the entire amount. But was it the entire amount? It wasn't the entire amount. Before that ever happened, I can imagine, hey, this is my wife. Hey, we sold, we sold that ground and we, 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 we got $500,000. Glory to God. Now we're going to make everybody think we're real spiritual and we're real big givers. So, so we're going to make everybody think that we're giving the whole thing because nobody knows we got $500,000 for that. So we're going to go down to the church. And I'll go first. I'll lay it, lay it in there at his feet, see? Because you have to go get your nails done. <laughs> so I'll go in there. Now, we're going we're gonna to keep half of it. But we're going to make them think we're giving it all. So I'll go, I'll go first. I'll go take care of it. Okay? Okay. That happened. Something, something real close to that. You can read it in Acts, the fifth chapter. Huh? And he went in. Of course, the nail part. Probably they didn't do the nails, right? <laughs> and he laid it down there, didn't he? Huh? Didn't he? And something happened to him. What happened? fall dead in the church service. That's a sure way to get visitors not to come back. <laughs> and then three hours later, she gets her nail appointment done. I'm teasing about that. And here she comes. 
Why? And she, something happened to her. What happened to her? <laughs> really now that visitors are really going to be. This is a sobering message today. Sobering message. Sobering message. Hey, all, all I feel like the Spirit of God is saying is this. And there's so much more we could say, but I, I, I think I've said enough. Here's what the Spirit of God in summary, I believe, is saying to all of us. Hey, we all need to have secret things in our lives, but the secret things need to be good things. Like helping people privately, praying, studying, doing those things, you know, late at night or whenever when nobody's watching, doing righteous things when nobody's watching. That, that's, that's what the Spirit of God is saying here, I believe, to us all. Is let's all, all of us should have a secret life, but it shouldn't be a secret life from God. It should be a secret life with God. That's what He wants. That's what He wants for all of us to have. Okay? That's the main thing that He wants me to get across to you. But then also, if there is something in your life that's there that you wouldn't be real happy if somebody found out about it. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, there's been times over the years that there's been some things in my life that I... Boy, you get to be the pastor, you get to confess these things, you know, that, that I wouldn't have wanted you to know about. Like, you know, when I've lost my temper maybe and my wife and I argued and, and she threw the grapefruit at me that time and, and I ducked. I had it coming though. But maybe some attitudes that I've had or some, some things that I wouldn't have want you, wanted you to be able to really look into my heart or into my mind and see, you know, maybe a negative thought that I had or, I mean, we've all had these things, but, and, and we're all going to have, how many of you know, you know, you, 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 you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can help it from, keep it from building a nest in your hair, is that right? All of us might have a bad thought here and there over, the, but, but it's when we dwell on these things. There's been some times in my life where, you know, I've had maybe a negative thought or I've been down on something or, and I've kind of held on to it longer than I should. Has anybody ever done that beside me? And, and it was a secret thing and, and I wouldn't have wanted anybody to know about it. And what the Spirit of God is saying, hey, if there are those things in your life, hey, deal with them today. Deal with them now. Deal with them here and now. Remember, God's not in the business of embarrassing. He, he doesn't want... He, look, if you can... It, particularly if you've got something like, like an, uh, an affair going on or you've got something going on that, you know, that's going to come out eventually. It just is. And, 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 and just think, don't think so much even about yourself, but what's that going to do to your spouse? Huh? What's it gonna, if you have kids, what's it going to do to your kids? Huh? I mean... And, and it's going to be embarrassing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Just, and I normally don't teach messages quite like this, but this is what the Lord wanted today. Look, if there's something there that shouldn't be there, we're not down on you. God's not down on you. He just said, hey, look, correct it privately. Correct it. Get it right. Make it right. Get it right privately. And I'll tell you this. If you'll go before God and you'll confess it and repent of it, it's over with right there. And God will never bring it up and it's over and done with. Can you say Amen. But if you persist in it, persist in it, persist in it, eventually it will come to the light. Whether it's me or you. And you see what happens a lot of times, and I do want to say this to you because it's important that you hear this. A lot of time people mistake divine allowance for time to repent. Did you get what I just said? 
People mistake divine allowance for time to repent. In other words, if somebody goes on in something they shouldn't do and they go on month after month after month after year after year and they think, oh, I'm getting away with this. And they think that's divine allowance and they think somehow you're spe- they're special and, and I can get away with this. After all, nothing bad has ever happened and I've been doing this. Don't mistake that with God giving you time to repent. And over in the book of Revelation, there's one lady that, that was caught up in sexual sin and, and, and other things. And, and the Bible says he gave her time, God gave her time to repent. But she didn't repent. And God said, well, I'm going to have to judge her now unless she repents. See, he's always wait, waiting and looking for us to repent. So don't mistake this, this what you think is, is an allowance that God's somehow favoring you and letting you get away with it. Don't mistake that with what it really is, it's God giving you time to repent because He's a gracious God. He's gracious and He doesn't want to... You know, God doesn't want to have to judge you. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. So hey, if there's good secret things, wonderful. But if there's some things that aren't so good, judge yourself today before you leave so that He doesn't have to. Can you say Amen. Psalm 19.12, as you stand with me, they can just put this up on the screen in the New King James, Psalm 19.12. Kathy, would you go up and play at the keyboard, please, just for a few minutes. Psalm 19.12. The last part of that, it says, who can understand this? But look at the last part of that. It says what? Cleanse me from what? Secret faults. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to just take a few minutes here before we dismiss. As she just softly plays there as we stand in the presence of God.